Hey, this is Art Gerkins with Fairfield County, Connecticut Postal Customer Council, and welcome to Postal Biz Buzz. Today's guest is Maureen Marion of the United States Postal Service. Maureen is a strategic communications manager for New York, Upstate and Metro, New England, and the Caribbean. Wow, that's a mouthful. I can't imagine how you fit all that information on your business card. Welcome, Maureen. Thank you. I'm so delighted to be part of your podcast. We love our Postal Customer Councils in the Postal Service, and it's a delight to speak with you all. Great. Hey, before we get going, I'd like to say that we've met at least a couple of times in our careers. I remember one time in particular, I'd flown up to a workshop in Syracuse. After the conference, you were kind enough to drop me off at the airport. So in case you were wondering, I did make my flight. Yay! <laughs> Okay. So anyways, let's get to business. One of the topics I wanted to cover today with you is something I've heard for a very long time, that the USPS is consistently ranked as the most trusted federal agency. In fact, I've read that they are also ranked number one in a recent Harris poll with regards to their list of 100 essential companies tied to corporate response to the COVID-19 pandemic. How did you attribute such a lofty position in these polls? Well, I have to apologize. I don't have one reason why that is the case, but I have about 630,000 reasons why that is the case. And I lay that squarely on the trust that the American public has for our postal employees. The men and women you see on the streets across Connecticut and beyond, um, and also the people you don't see behind the scenes who are making all of this happen. There's a tremendous workforce, and they are doing an enormous job here in Connecticut alone. There's about 8,400 postal employees in different assignments from letter carrier to uh, financial managers to make sure the bills get paid and the lights stay on to people who are working in the overnight hours, driving, crisscrossing the state and the country with every piece of mail that you entrust with us. Um, they are accepting mail at business mail entry units. They are uh, selling stamps at the front counter. They're working the phones, helping customers work through complex issues that they may have. All of that, 8,400 of them. And they're worth about a half a half a billion dollars worth of wages to the state of Connecticut. So I know we are a value to your community as we uh, serve on many levels. Right. I'm, I mean, I'm always fascinated by, by the size of the Postal Service. And, mm-hmm. you know, so I guess that 600,000 reasons, that's, uh, that's how many employees are in the Postal Service? That's correct. That, that constitutes our um, permanent and some of our temporary employees as well. As you can imagine, um, traditionally during the holidays, for example, we gear up. So 630,000 people at your, at your disposal. Wow. And if you go to the mailbox, that's how many people are behind that piece in your mail. Right. And, and speaking of mailboxes, I was looking um, for some numbers and preparing for this. And the, the, let me just run through a couple bullet, bulleted numbers that I, I wrote down and just get your reaction. There's 141,900 collection boxes that, if placed side to side, it would stretch 58 miles. Imagine that. Um, the, the tires. I mean, tires have been in the news recently. Um, 579,000 tires were purchased in 2019, which 
if stacked end-to-end, -end, they would be 244 miles long, the distance between Dallas and Houston, Texas. It, just incredible. Exactly. Yeah. I think one of the attributes of the Postal Service that is particularly uh, interesting um, and one of the reasons why so many people have such great confidence in their local post office is, um, again, with so much attention placed on the faces that they see, that the window clerks and particularly the letter carriers. And I think that America feels confident and comfortable with the Postal Service because they see themselves in the people who serve them. More than 40% of our workforce is associates with a minority group. We um, are listed by Fortune as one of the 50 best companies to work with for minorities. And we are very aggressive in um, even soliciting our supplier diversity. Um, we have a very, very strong small business, minority and women-owned business outreach program. I think that people have great faith when they see themselves serving them, family, friends, neighbor, community. And that's, a, that's something that, that goes way back in postal history. Um, even if you go back to, uh, interestingly, the World War One. In World War One, when letter carriers were called into duty, their wives and sisters were asked to fill the places to keep the mail moving. And some of that work continued again during World War II. So you saw a great deal of continuity and familiarity in service. And I, I think we stand on the shoulders of, of those kinds of moments when we serve today. Right. And speaking of that, I know that there's a large, uh, 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 many of the employees of the Postal Service are veterans, um, keeping with that World War One, World War Two theme. Um, tremendous amount of veterans work for the Postal Service. Is that correct? Oh, it is. The Postal Service is actually um, the largest civilian employer of uh, veterans in the workplace. And not only do we employ veterans, but we also have a very... Uh, strong program um, where our people continue their service. In places, for example, like Puerto Rico, um, the number of our employees who are National Guardsmen or Guardswomen, very high. And in the case of the recent earthquakes in Puerto Rico, for example, once again, those folks are pressed into that alternate service, in, and we just have to cinch up our belts and fill in the gaps. And when we do so, it is under very adverse conditions. You know, right now we have wildfires in California. Not only are our letter carriers, window clerks, and processing people serving the communities impacted by those wildfires, but they live there too. So they are going to work as an essential worker coming home in issue. And of course, COVID, we're still there. Right, right. And I know we're, we're talking from Fairfield, Connecticut, which, you know, many years ago there was that whole uh, anthrax scare. And at that time, um, boy, the communication from the Postal Service was great. They got us all together. They told us, you know, uh, what was happening. And we just, I mean, 
all these years later, I mean, I look back at that and I think, you know, th that was a group that we could trust. We, they got us all in a room, they got us on telephones, and they told us exactly what was going on and how to handle it. So, again, that trust issue. Um, I, one of my other bullet points was I, I did see that there's, um, there's over $2 billion in salaries and benefits are paid every two weeks. Just, just think of all the people out there that rely on the Postal Service and to still get such high markings with regards to trust and effectiveness and uh, I mean it's just mind-blowing again when you dig into the numbers. It's interesting to me because again not only do we serve the communities you know day to day but we are such a vibrant addition to many of our communities where we live. Uh, postal employees are um, have what's known as the combined federal campaign. It's kind of like a, a, you know, the annual collections for donations and things of that nature. Other uh, enterprises are under the United Way type of umbrella, that sort of thing. For the federal, we're combined federal. Our people are generous contributors to local charities. I can't tell you how many times you walk through a, a larger postal facility or a processing plant, you look at the cars in the parking lot and you see volunteer firefighters, EMT, they're there. Every year the Postal Service also recognizes hundreds of what we call Postmaster General heroes. These are people who in the performance of their day-to-day -day duties stepped out of that role to do something spectacular, uh, to save somebody in a fire, to help a customer who had um, fallen in the snow and had laid outside and it was experiencing hyperthermia or something of that nature, uh, to reunite a child with their um, parent. We had a very dramatic issue in California where a baby was walking on high. It's just, it just heartbreaking. And the, the letter carrier stops the vehicle on a highway, posts the vehicle at an angle so other traffic doesn't come, runs out of the vehicle, scoops up the baby with no, no regard for your personal safety. Those moments are there because we're there. And, you know, our, our people do some tremendous things of that nature very quietly. And those are the ones we recognize. Believe me, many, many more issues happen just in the normal course of the day and, and no one knows. Yeah, I was going to say that that's part of the beauty of it is that, you know, from time to time you'll hear the story, but so many, you know, good things are being done on a daily basis. And, you know, most people, they they do what they got to do and then they continue on their rounds with no fanfare. And it's incredible. And it sounds like that, that would be a great future topic for a podcast. And in fact, uh, we do have some ideas for uh, like a, a December podcast dealing with the Letters to Santa sort of program that's out there and that's always very uh, heartwarming and, you know, great great to hear some of those stories. some wonderful people out there. I'm so proud to be part of their, their group. And, and again, they do some marvelous things in, in loud and quiet ways. And, and that's the beauty of it. It's such a, such a gang, such a gang of people. Something I have a little hand in is uh, passport days. I was one of the first in the Northeast to jump on the... Uh, when, when the Postal Service started processing passport applications. And now I've been doing it for years and years, and I see that last year they processed 6.6 .6 million passports um, were accepted at post offices. And that's something that's just a, a great service. 
um, that we provide on a university level. But boy, just think about being trusted with your, your passports and your birth certificates and all this important documentation that every day is placed in the mail with the, the caveat that, you know, they're going to do what they need to do and get it back to you. And again, I think that that's a reflection on the confidence that America has in us. First of all, that the Department of State partners with us. Uh, that, that's an honor. And the fact that um, America continues to look at the Postal Service as the place to go conveniently, but closely for, for their passport. And as you say, these are very, very personal, private documents that mm-hmm. Foundation papers, birth certificates, um, letters of permission in families that are maybe have some private uh, things going on. Mm-hmm. Um, there's a lot of very personal documentation as part of it. And don't forget that darn picture. They trust yeah. us to take your picture. Yeah. Art, yeah. I gotta tell you, I don't say cheese often, so yeah. I understand that in and of itself shows a great deal of confidence. Okay. I understand that. I mean, I see more. Can you can you change the picture? Can you take another picture? And most right. times they, they do. Yeah. Could you make yeah. me look ten years younger, please? Those kind of things. <laughs> but we were talking about uh, you know with the trust on the uh, with domestically, but internationally again another outstanding uh, number. Forty eight percent of the world's mail volume is handled by the USPS. So it's not just a you know localized domestic thing. This is worldwide. It's 48%. My goodness. Um, it's interesting, again, uh, our, our window personnel are equipped with um, translation cards. It is important to understand that for many of our customers who come to a post office, that they are reaching back to family and friends who are in very difficult circumstances in their native land. The ability to do a complex postal transaction in not your first language and maybe not your second language is a challenge. We deploy translation cards to kind of help build that uh, one-to-one conversation where I can point at what I'm looking for and then I can point back and say, this is what I need. It kind of bridges some of the very complex um, nature. You and I may not think it's a lot to say I need to see the driver's license. But if it's in your second or third language, that's a complex that's a complex issue and it may be something that somebody needs additional guidance in. So we are not only mindful of our role in the international mailing uh, dynamic, but respectful because it is a very, very important transaction for that segment of our population. In addition, we also have, if you're going to talk, um, if you're going to talk international, we can't forget military mail as part of that structure. And we do work very, very closely with the military postal service. Um, they provide service to our men and women who are stationed in 67 countries around the world. Not all of these situations are grateful and easy. And the mail that they receive from their homes, from their families, from their friends is also just an absolute priority. So we work very carefully with that. Um, well, um, 
Yeah, as someone who served in the military, I, I, and my brother was stationed in uh, the first Gulf War. He was over there, and my other brother in Japan, and just I uh, can't tell you how important mail is to the military. Sure. And, um, you know, it's always, you know, passed with flying colors in, in our book. So, you know, another uh, great, you know, th- form of trust that the Postal Service provides to everybody, and especially to our people serving. Um, you know, before before we go, I did want to mention uh, Benjamin Franklin. You know, we've Uh-oh. done about uh, a dozen or so podcasts, and we've never mentioned Benjamin Franklin. But, you know, there's a misconception out there that he was the first postmaster general of the United States. And I guess it needs an asterisk because he was actually the postmaster general um, before we received our independence. So I guess tex- technically that... That doesn't count. He was appointed by the Continental Congress of the U.S. But if you, if you were pure, like from when we gained our independence, um, you know, it, it wasn't him that was first. Am I right in that? Yes, absolutely. And I want you to know that right from the start, um, Ben made the big bucks. He got the annual salary of $1,000 a year and the ability to have two staff. So it was interesting, even back in that day, how critical the concept of communication would be and recognized as such as the engine of commerce and the heartbeat of communication between families and persons. You know, Priority, an absolute priority. And I think in today's day and age, we understand still um, the role of communication, the diversity of communication that's out there, and that the Postal Service is such a part of that beautiful fabric that that makes it possible for us to continue to recover, recoup, reach out. And I think that as we look at the crisis that we are in um, during this pandemic, it has never and more important than it is now uh, to be part of a positive, strong, and forceful communication channel. And that's that's what it's all about. We're looking to you know different leaders, different organizations that are, are you know being upfront with us, and that we can trust that when they say something, you know that that's how it is. So um, I think the, the postal service passes in flying colors in that regard. Um, that's, that's about, that's about all I had, uh, today, other than I just returned my daughter to Syracuse. I know you're up in that area. She goes to Syracuse University. So, uh, how are things, in, how are things up in, uh, central New York? I'll tell you, central New York is, with all due respect to the nutmeg state, central New York is just a beautiful location. And, uh, we look forward to, um, all of our Syracuse University students, um, going through a unique semester that will gird them for a lifetime. So welcome to your little orange person coming to town. (laughs) Maureen, I wanted to thank you for joining me today, and please convey to all the essential workers of the USPS that uh, we thank them for everything we do, and we look forward to... um, you know, continuing our relationship with the with the Postal Service and keep up the good work. Keep being the most trusted organization out there. And, um, you know, we look forward to seeing you in the near future.
I do appreciate it. Thank you. Okay. This is Ark Erkins with the Fairfield County, Connecticut Postal Customer Council. You could find us at www.pcc-ct.org. And you've been listening to Postal BizBuzz. Thank you.